title of what we're covering today is A Peaceful Night Sheep. Uh, any sheep that uh, was in the sketch resemble you? Mm. Ryan the Rebel? I wouldn't know how to use that. No. <laughs> ja Jamie will do it. Just a little technical thing. If I touch it, it will break. You know. <laughs> Ryan the Rebel, feeling very suspicious about those with spiritual authority. Frank the Forgetful, agree with the importance, uh, but just got so busy with life, forgot to do the practicals and stay under that spiritual authority. Ian the ignorant never realized the importance and the purpose of spiritual authority in the first place. Yep. Today we're looking at spiritual authority. Um, that, that picture, you know, that sketch uh, reminded me way back when we did one of the first teams to Dominica. We were learning very much as we went along. And uh, it just worked out in one place, way, way out away from, uh, in, a, in a kind of very rural area. The way that the, the team was being accommodated was that some of our sisters were together in a particular place. And we did not feel, we changed it after that first night, but. We didn't feel comfortable about it. We didn't feel that there was the right level of security, and there were a number of factors. And Bob Baker, who many of you know, who's uh, until he retired the head of Valentine's, and he comes and visits us occasionally, he was on that team. And uh, he decided that he would sleep that night across the doorway of this particular uh, place this particular house. Nobody told him to do it, but that was in his heart to do. And that's what he did. Just to, because the place wasn't lockable and there were various reasons where we didn't feel it was sufficiently secure. Uh, he chose to do that. And that's, I've always remembered that. What a brilliant picture uh, of the shepherd and care for the sheep. And of course, the same thing. The people inside could have chosen to step over Bob uh, or go out, but the safe place, the place of security, was there uh, where he was operating as a shepherd for their protection. So we have some questions that we'll seek to answer this morning. Uh, first of all, what is spiritual authority? Uh, what is the benefit of it? Um, what do I need to do to get the benefit of spiritual authority? Now, it's not possible to cover this subject um, in detail this morning. So what we've done is we've um, made available uh, sets of notes which cover um, much more of the, the detail of it. In fact, it's what we teach. Uh, those of you who've done Dulos will remember uh, somewhat of that. And uh, if you want a set of those notes that give much more detail, then Clayton Greg's got them and uh, just click them off of him 
uh, afterwards. We're looking at it, this subject, because when uh, we were reviewing our values, we realized this is not something that we've actually, uh, actually touched in a while. And it really struck me as being important that we, we return to this for a number of reasons. One is it's a sample of what we're going to be doing. Uh, in coming weeks and months, we're going to be looking again at our values. Those of you that have been around like since Avril, 125 years ago, uh, will remember things like uh, Bones of Joseph or Basics of Building and things like that. We haven't done that in a long time, so we're going to be reviewing those, but this is a kind of sample of it. Also, from time to time, uh, people join with us who have not always had the best experience of this. And we want to understand what is right because, you know, it's like this. If a thing is good and right, uh, you go and you buy some meat and you find that that meat is not good, you don't actually stop eating meat. You get rid of that and get, get something that's good and right. So we don't want to kind of dismiss the whole, the value, the principle, the truth that God has in his word uh, because there's something which is actually wrong. We want to get the right thing. And we need to understand that it is important for um, going God's way. And we see uh, in Hebrews 13 verse 17 that it's a very clear uh, instruction in order to enable us to operate under God's direction. And so, just focus today on this particular area rather than giving all the background. So, what is uh, spiritual authority? Um, let's give a definition. Spiritual authority is an anointing. It's an anointing by God that gives somebody the capacity, <coughs> excuse me, to rule or lead God's people under the guidance of his word. Right? It always must and has to come back to his word. So it's the leadership, the authority to respond under the direction. In other words, with the application of the word of God as being critical. Who has this spiritual authority? Well, actually, um, it's whoever I choose to submit to. Sometimes people say, well... Um, who has that spiritual authority over me? Well, see, we've got to understand that this is not, this is not just a, about a structure. It's more predominantly about an attitude. Uh, and I've seen people try to work these things out in a structure, but it's not in the heart. In the heart, there has to be an openness. So I choose myself to submit to a number of people. In fact to uh, recognize the spiritual authority of my brothers and sisters uh, and be open, therefore, to whatever they are bringing, but most especially and particularly to recognize the spiritual authority of those who God has given me uh, in, uh, in sharing leadership together. Very important. Who has spiritual authority? Whoever I submit to. What is submission? We need to define that. Submission is never something that can be imposed. It's the willingness to recognize 
and stand under a given authority. All right? It, it's not something, I want us to be clear, this is not something that can be achieved structurally. I have seen um, some interesting things happen as there has been an attempt to, uh, to define that structurally in past situations. Um, remember, uh, we lived through a time, I've lived through a time when some of these principles and practices were being restored in a real way to the church. And you know, uh, when, you're, when you're developing, discovering something, uh, you, can, you can learn from uh, revelation, insight, but you can also learn from mistakes. And uh, it's, it's a good idea to learn from mistakes rather than to never recover from them. Much better place to be. So submission, willingness to recognize and stand under this authority. It's an attitude, not a structure, not a location. Doesn't mean you can't ask questions. But the basis for questioning should be so we can follow better uh, rather than asking so we can decide whether or not to follow. What is the uh, jurisdiction or the area of responsibility of those who have spiritual authority? What is that? What is the limit of that? Well, actually, is whatever you allow those who you're submitting to to have. You will benefit from whatever you want. So if it's in a particular area, let's say I wish to uh, recognize a spiritual authority in the way I use my time. I then open myself up to get that benefit. That spiritual authority extends to wherever we determine. But it goes beyond that. But I think that if we're operating in a realm with the right operation of spiritual authority, there will be things that God will speak into our lives, things that those who we're looking to, those who are leading us, will be enabled by God to bring to us for our benefit, rather like we just saw with the, with the sketch, with the sheep uh, and the shepherd. Uh, it's important that we see that, that it's not a restriction. Before I understood these things, I can remember years ago uh, in my background in the Pentecostal church being utterly offended that the pastor would speak to me about what time I was uh, getting in at night or uh, what I was doing outside of coming to meetings and praying and reading the Bible. How dare he speak to me about anything other than that? And uh, came then subsequently to realize if he cares for me and loves me and is appointed by God to lead me, he is anointed by God to have a voice uh, into any area that I'm prepared to be open to him, that I may get the benefit of what he has to bring into that situation. Can it be abused? Yeah, anything can be abused. It, still, it doesn't mean that it's not God's way because it's abused. Uh, let me give you uh, a funny example. <clears throat> again, not many of you remember this. but uh, So, again... We were developing and, and learning how to operate in all the aspects of what God was giving to us in restoration, which we live in the richness of today. Uh, when you're developing things, sometimes there's all sorts of opposition, all sorts of, uh, you know, perhaps roughness rather than smoothness. But So, uh, 
a rumour went round that in order to join this church, you had to give a copy of, the, of your front door key to me so that I had the access to come into your home at any point or at any time. I thought this was intriguing. So to start off with, um, I, I decided to walk into the meeting. There was more of us gathered than just when all the groups were coming together. So I walked, in, walked into the meeting one day like this. People say, what's wrong? I said, well, I got 300 front door keys in this pocket and it's weighing me down. Do you know where that had come from? As many of you have done, there was a, there was a, a young couple that were in one of the groups. Their parents lived in other parts of the country. They were buying their first flat and they wanted somebody that they looked to with some measure of, I don't know, maturity or would basically who cared for them to just look at it and go through it with them and help them. And so I'd gone and helped them. And out of that, people who got nothing better to do had developed this kind of thing. Yes, this is what you have to do. You have to have it vetted first and you have to give access. You know, I'm glad that we didn't allow some of that sort of um, foolishness. Some of the extremity which came in... Um, that God enabled us to avoid that, but to, to live in the good of what he's provided for us in that whole realm of spiritual authority. And it did mean resisting some very extreme and bizarre things. Um, and not, not punching people on the nose either, you know, when they said things quite so ridiculous. I remember one, uh, one leader coming in from a... I think from America, and uh, saying, well, there will never ever be a marriage problem in our church. I said, wow, tell me about that. Yes, i tell you why, because um, I decide nobody gets married unless it is submitted to me and I determine whether this marriage is acceptable or not. Wow. I thought, move over God, this Charlie has taken his place, you know. <laughs> but guys, what, what I want us to be clear on is that there can be abuses, and there have been abuses. But in the goodness of God, I don't think we've always got it right, but in the goodness of God, there's a principle there, there's a kingdom principle, and we want to embrace everything that God has given to us. How do, what's the protection in the situation? Well, we trust God in the end to protect us uh, and to um, watch over us. In the same way as, as God helped David even living under the difficulties of Saul um, without ever making that an excuse. Remember, this is spiritual authority is, is delegated. It comes from God. I don't have time to develop all that now, but it is in the note. And God is watching those who are uh, charged with that responsibility. Uh, if you like to look at the scripture, uh, there is a, a solemn, a serious warning to those who take a leadership or teaching responsibility as being judged at a higher level. And let's trust that the person who is watching is also watching God as to what he wants. What's the benefit of spiritual authority? 
All right? Um, where has spiritual authority had a practical benefit in your life? Why not talk to somebody near you? If you're visiting or here for the first time, don't feel in any way uh, obliged to do this. Uh, you can just kind of rest and listen in or think about what you're going to have for dinner, whatever you fancy doing. But just talk one to another. If you don't like the person on the left, turn to the person on the right. You know, <laughs> except for you, Sue. You don't have that option. <laughs> All right. Yeah, question again. Where has spiritual authority had a practical benefit for your life? So, when I was single, I spent a couple of years in Mozambique and then came back and got married. But I'd always felt it would be right that I would be returning to Mozambique to do some more work out there. Um, so, Deb and I would we'd talk it through with John and the question really was not... Well, this question was, when would we be going back? And I kept saying, when are we going to be going back? And John would look at Deb and say, well, when your wife's ready. Well, come on, come on. And this all went on for quite a while. But every time, John would basically sort of say, well, just wait. Wait, wait for Deb to be ready. And I think it took a couple of years, two, two, at least two years of you know, every three or four months, talking it through and going, well, and eventually, it was the right time. And John said, well, it's the right time. And we went back, and actually, it was definitely the right time. And had we really gone when I wanted to go, then it wouldn't have been the right time. So that was a real benefit, both for us, but also for the people out there uh, that we worked with. Thanks, Mark. Um, Phil occasionally has to travel for work, and one of the occasions when he was away relatively recently... Um, ben got sick, and I felt that it wasn't just a physical sickness, but it was like a spiritual thing that was on him. So I went to speak to Jamie as his youth leader, and Jamie came to pray along with somebody else. And as soon as um, Jamie prayed, it was like this thing just lifted off Ben, and it was just that spiritual authority that, that Jamie brought in the situation. It was a benefit. The Tisabs in the room. Oh, yeah. The, um, a few years ago, when we'd had a, new, a different kind of process between the pastoral care, and we just had appointed these kind of pastoral coordinators, two of whom were the Tisabs senior. And it was during the summer when there wasn't really many people around, and I'd got myself into a real state about something. And I thought, I really need to talk this through with somebody. And somebody said, well, you could talk to the Tisabs. I'm like, the Tisabs are my friends. They can't help me with something like this. I look like the Tizards. Like. <laughs> and it was one of these moments where God really spoke to me and said, no, it's not, about, it's not about Andrew and Julia now. This is about people that I've appointed and anointed to pastor. And I remember going to see them, and, and it was like an instantaneous change in terms of where I felt. And it was just one of these really important lessons for me that it's not about who it is. I <laughs> see the Tizards. No. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, a, it's about who God gives us, and that was a really releasing thing for me. Thank you, Avril. <clears throat> it's really encouraging to know that she abuses others as well as me, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Uh, it's interesting. Um, there was a, a question, I suppose, Martin would refer to as an area of being prepared to submit what he wanted to do to whatever wisdom came through me. With Elspeth, it was 
the recognition that Jamie was functioning in a leadership role towards um, Ben and, and a readiness to receive that. And Avril was interesting because it really does make the point. This is not about just the, um, the, the title or the office. It's like there's a danger that the relationship, which of course we're, is primary, and the, um, the closeness could actually, um, you know that term familiarity breeds content, do you? But the willingness to say, you know what, these are people that have had an authority, a spiritual authority delegated to them. Yeah, they're my friends. We've kind of been together over this period of time, but I choose to recognize that. And it kind of brings us into that same realm. If you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you gain a prophet's reward. There's something about according or recognizing, choosing to submit. Maybe um, to gain a place of wisdom, uh, which doesn't remove our own responsibility. Maybe it's something like a, someone that will give us just a... Um, like a, a, a helpful nudge, like you put a reminder on your phone. Maybe it's a help to reflect what God is like. Recognizing here's somebody with a father's heart of love for our best interest, has our best interest in mind. You know what, to be honest with you, I'd be dubious about really opening up and submitting to somebody if I didn't really think they had my best interests at heart. If I felt they were just pursuing their own agenda or ministry or whatever it was, that, that wouldn't feel good to me. Benefits? Well, clearly protection and clearly the outworking of, of love and care. And I guess also, um, you think, the Bible says a good shepherd lay down his life for the sheep. We're talking about people who are given a delegated authority like under shepherds. I would want to see that there is that, that kind of flavor or fragrance. The Bible talks about the fragrance of Christ, a willingness to, to lay down life. And as uh, Jamie was working with me, of course, on this, and, and then I was asking different ones, because they, they, uh, they put questions to me. It was very helpful. Uh, Lucy has even more complicated, or not complicated, but more searching questions. That's like, you know, I get Jamie level, and then when I'm really brave, I get the Lucy level, and that really does. I have to do it all over again then. But I ask a question, and I... Really, where do you, where have you laid down your life? I don't know. So then I come up with a couple of things. No, no, that's that's just that's too too dramatic. So because I was stuck, I do what I always do. Well, sometimes I ask God, and sometimes I ask Avril. Uh, <laughs> normally, it's my wife that helps me. She said, "Well, I can remember you laying down your life." What, what's she going to come up with now? Well, um, you and Richard Cole came and uh, did my garden for me when I was 
not there. I, I'm, I cannot remember it. I don't actually believe it. Uh, it blows my mind to think of what Richard Cole and I would have done in that garden. <laughs> but somehow we broke off from our deep spiritual interactions to do something in our garden. I said, well, if we did that, and that is true, that really does represent laying down a line. The other day I had to see somebody when I wanted to go to Zachary's birthday. See, I, guys, I want us to understand it's about, it's not the enormity or the drama of it, it's just preferring to do what God gives us, even at cost as we go along. Let's think about a moment what God is like. If we've got God as a sort of Father Christmas, his only authority is over the presence that he gives. I wanted a, this and you gave me that, or I'm pleased with what I've got. That's, that's not the God of the whole universe. That's a wrong position. Neither is he the God that um, is like the judge in the court that pronounces the sentence. You found guilty and this is the sentence. I think I prefer to stick with what the Bible says. He is the good shepherd, the one who cares for us and has made provision for us that we may live in all that he's got for us through this particular area of spiritual authority. So, what do I need to do to get the benefit of spiritual authority? Well, first of all, we've got to believe in it. Got to trust that, that this is something that God has ordained and we come back to the scripture that we started off with, uh, that it seems pretty clear. Uh, and if we follow through uh, the whole issue of authority, which you can do by looking at the notes, uh, it's very, very clear. Uh, but we have to accept that and agree that. And then, I guess the next step is to think of someone who you consider to have spiritual authority over you, someone who you have submitted to in that way. And think, do these, do these things feature in your relationship with them? Is there submission? Are you willing to listen to what they have to say? See, listening, listening is, is, is not about tell me what to do and I'll do it. Neither is it merely a kind of an exchange of opinion. It's listening with an expectation that they may have something from God which is for your benefit and you need to hear and you need to receive. It's, it's the kind of thing I'm talking about is, you know when you get to the end of a, a road, some roads, there's a, a give way sign. It's a readiness to yield, readiness to give way, the expectation that they may be carrying something that is for your benefit. See, if we turn it into a rules and regulations, we've taken something which God puts for our good and we've turned it into a legal position and therefore lost the real benefit of it, picking up the heart of God. So important that there's a willingness to listen. 
willingness to receive. Always have to be careful. There's always people who want to feed on our time but don't want to receive our input. That's not what God has in mind there. And as said before, you know, what do you need to do to benefit spiritual, gain the benefit of spiritual authority? You've got to believe that here's somebody that's got my best interests at heart. And then, what's the point if there's not an openness, a readiness to actually say where it's really at, what you're feeling, what you're thinking? You know, we, none of us would recognize the wisdom, or the, we'd all recognize the foolishness of going to the doctor and telling the doctor, well, I've got a bit of an ache in my hand, but really your leg's falling off. In other words, to not disclose what is really the problem. I mean, that would be foolish. I think the issue of openness becomes even more strong when we look at what God requires in his word and a teachability. Um, I sometimes hear a lot about, well, I think this, or my opinion's that, or I, I see it this way. And sometimes it's good to just stop and say, yes, that's interesting, that's good, but what does God say? What has God got to say about this? What is God's view on it? You know, we can get so caught up in determining what our view is or what our opinion is, we can miss out what God's view is. Rather like Ryan the rebel in that sketch that we saw. Proverbs 18 verse 2 says this, The fool finds no pleasure in understanding but delights in airing their own opinions. Those in spiritual authority help us to say, what does God want? What is Jesus saying in this situation? What do I need to get the benefit of spiritual authority? Well, that verse talks about lightening, making lighter the leader's load. Um, Heavy loads don't really do anybody much good. So it's about how can I receive and be responsive? How are you strengthening your shepherd instead of just being a burden? I mean, that might be a way to deal with it. Of course, we need to know and be prepared to live according to the word of God. I think... It's important that we recognize this is spiritual authority is a delegated authority, will never conflict with the word of God. And therefore, either you go away and you say, hmm, this lines up with the word of God or otherwise. Or very often somebody coming to you will say, because this is what God says, this is the best way to respond in this situation. Actually knowing that they're is a basis in the word of God. Probably a good idea to think the best of someone as well. Nobody's actually perfect. Uh, Nobody, probably, most most of us would recognize we don't always communicate things in the best possible way. Thinking the best of someone. And be understanding. those of you that have been involved in any form of leadership with any measure of spiritual authority, delegated authority, recognize that the role of a leader is not always easy. But, you know, if we base our submission on our perception of the performance, look, we clearly see in the scripture that there were prophets that had a, 
a, a pretty sound track record. And I'm not saying that that should be ignored. But if we work on the basis of I will decide based on my assessment of how accurate or how well this person has performed, um, we s we're in great danger of sidestepping the fact that has God placed this person in this role and delegated this authority to them? Yes, it is possible to get it wrong. Then there's another area that I want us to consider when we come to this question of spiritual authority. I just said that the authority is based on the word of God. If let's, Let me use Neil. If I am in authority over Neil and I am bringing something to him, I think, no, but he's my, he's my friend and he meant well, so, you know, let's not worry too much about it. What am I doing? I am actually stepping out of the authority that I am under. I am moving out of submission to God because I'm choosing because it feels good to respond in this way. Let me swing it the other way around. I might not like to bring to Neil what I've got to bring to him. I might not like to take the position that I want to. Do I have a choice? Well, of course I have a choice. But the choice is this. Am I going to be obedient to what God wants? Am I going to be obedient to the word of God? Or am I going to back off because it doesn't feel good? It doesn't seem nice. I choose something different. It has to start from a place of respecting what God wants rather than anything else. Now this topic can be a bit of a temperature gauge. Um, you know, if we... If we justify uh, or make allowance for myself, then I might expect others to do the same. In other words, if I'm not prepared to be completely honest and truthful, then I may end up expecting that the person that I'm dealing with is in that same situation. So it's a temperature gauge. Of course, it's also true to say that if you don't believe that the person who is leading you or the people that are leading you um, who have that delegated spiritual authority, uh, if you don't believe they are submitted to God, if you don't believe that they are uh, being obedient to God or you're in other, some other way unable to trust them, then that's surely a sign not to be uh, submitting to that authority. That's surely a sign to be in a different place, uh, to be looking to a different uh, delegation of spiritual authority. Trust is vital and important, and you have to believe that they are themselves submitted to God and be able to trust them in order to follow them. For sure, I'm not going to be entrusting my spiritual well-being to somebody who I wouldn't really trust. That would make a nonsense to me. And we have to allow for that as a possibility. Anyway, the good news is homework. <laughs> homework. So not only, if you wish, you can pick up the note from um, Greg, but here's a homework. 
and we'll leave that up so you can see. But who is in spiritual authority over you? You see, in all these things that we're doing, we never want to leave it in the realm of interesting information. If it's going to be to our good, we have to be those who are doers, not just hearers of the word. So we have to receive and do something about it. We put it into action. We receive the word and we are those who decide and commit to be doers of the word rather than just hearers. Who is in spiritual authority over you? Who are you submitting to? Let's think about some of the things that might mark out someone in that realm. Seeing something of Christ in them, being prepared to imitate them, making a decision to be open and teachable towards them, willingness to be persuaded by what they bring, put more weight really on what they say. Expect they would bring the mind of God to you. And need to have been recognized and delegated by the leadership. People don't appoint themselves as those who have spiritual authority because spiritual authority is delegated. So it has to come uh, in a delegated from God to those who he raises up to lead. Uh, in this particular expression of the body of Christ, that is rest primarily with me and those who I delegate that to. Are there areas in your life where you lack the benefit of spiritual authority? How will you bring this area under spiritual authority? Okay, that's homework for you. Uh, you don't have to hand it in. You will not be marked. But, you know, the wise thing might be, once you've gone through that, that at least you speak to the person that you recognize in that realm so that they might uh, be aware and have the benefit of your thoughts in that matter. This is all part of the goodness of God. Isn't he good? This is all part of the provision of God. We are so blessed that God has granted to us to live in the, in the unfolding revelation of his goodness. And there's more to come. More of his goodness, more recognition of what he is. But here's an important one. Here's one of the values that God has set before us. The fact that there are many engaged in different aspects of uh, pursuing uh, what we might call the Christian life or the Christian without that, that's, that's a sadness for them. It's something that's lacking. We don't have to be in that realm because God has given to us the privilege of living in a realm where we understand part of his richness. He's very good. Isn't he good? Very good to us. Yeah? Me. You know, um, we started off today just thinking about baggage that we might be putting under our chairs. And I think for some of us, as we've listened to that this morning, we've discovered some baggage that we might have not quite put there yet. Uh, so if you found yourself listening to ba that this morning and you think, you know, there's something I need to deal with, Remember, there's an opportunity at the end for you to be dealing with uh, the extra stuff that you carry. Let's bring ourselves to God now again. Let's return to him and uh, draw close and ask him to, to anoint us for this uh, time that he has. Thank you.